Hello, podcast listener. The App Guy podcast. Every Sunday and Thursdays. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Yes, welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. That is me, I'm Paul Kemp, and I have a great guest lined up to speak to today. Let me tell you about the guest I've got on. Uh, His name is... Norm Bauer, and he is the founder of well, Vape Mentor S. He's also a public speaker, and he's written a number of different articles and blogs and various things. Uh, one of them is the Success at Any Age, uh, the Baby Boomers Guide to Becoming an Overnight Success. So I, I really want to talk about a lot of different things with you, Norm. Thank you so much for coming on to the App Guy podcast. Uh, it's a great to have you. Um, perhaps you can just spend, uh, you know, the intro talking a little bit about uh, yourself and your current business. Thanks, Paul. Well, it's obviously an honor being part of your show, especially because as an older, quote unquote, baby boomer, I'm probably not typical of the audience that you engage. But I call myself a highly unemployable entrepreneur because it's pretty much the only life that I've known for about 40 years. Most of my career was in real estate and financial services. I had my own terrestrial radio show from the early 2000s until 2008. And over several decades, I always considered myself a little bit um, a little bit wavering in my mission. And so I was always looking for new and exciting things, and I had a little bit of ADD, always looking for the next shiny new object. You know, and unfortunately, a lot of that was to my detriment. So 2008 here in the United States, of course, we had a financial setback, and that pretty much eliminated a 30-year career and everything that I've done. I had to figure out at the age of 55 what it is I want to do with the rest of my life. So that was a very transitional period for me, and for several years, I was in that hunting mode. I became involved with a company that did a lot of business consulting, and we formed partnerships with cities all over Southern California where we live and help with business acceleration and working with nonprofits. And that had a really good run until about a year and a half ago when I went through a personal crisis when I separated from a marriage for 26 years that had already been wavering for a long time. And I got more involved with the church, and I decided that I needed to kind of let go of trying to control everything because a lot of entrepreneurs, which much of your audience is, We have a tendency to like to control things, and sometimes the more you try to make things happen, the more you try to make people do what you want them to do, the less effective you are. And I found that when I kind of let back, when I kind of held back a little bit, you know, all kinds of amazing and wonderful things came into my space, including this conversation that we're having right now. Yes, and so many different things I want to talk to you about. Uh, We are an audience of entrepreneurial app developers, and I know that we can learn so much about you, so the the most immediate um, thing I think that is is on all of our minds is generations. You know, the millennials, the Generation X, and uh, baby boomers. We'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that because that's so important to us as app developers, trying to home in on the needs 
of these these different generations. So perhaps you could tell us about that. Absolutely. And it's interesting, Paul, because until you and I had our initial conversation, I really never thought about how generational differences are important in the world of developing apps, but they absolutely are. So let's look at – we'll start with the lowest hanging fruit, which will be the millennials. The millennials right now are roughly between age 20 and 32, highly, highly technologically proficient very comfortably sound with social media. They live with their smartphones. So for them, there's a lot of things for them to engage in. They love the new tools. They love the new apps. And you know, unfortunately, their attention span is somewhat a little bit limited. So in order to get them to buy your app and keep your app and really keep them engaged, it always has to be something that is, quote, unquote, significant and important in their lives. And so when you move up the, the generational ladder, now you have the Gen Xs, which are right now between about age 32 and 50. These folks are a lot uh, more comfortable with technology than a baby boomer, but maybe not quite so much as a millennial. What happens in the 40s, and, and here's where app developers really need to start thinking about their audience, because if their audience is their millennials, they can probably continue to do things as necessary. But don't forget the baby boomers. The baby boomers love technology, but they don't understand technology. We don't have the same visual acuity that we had when we were younger. So when you have really small things on a very small phone, it makes it very challenging. We don't have the same manual dexterity. So when it comes to having a lot of steps involved with using you know, a lot of processes to get anything open or to you – know, baby boomers – Let's look at an equation between the difference between a, a wooden block and a Rubik's Cube. A, a baby boomer is a wooden block. What you see is what you get. It has to be very simple. We have six sides. You take a millennial. Millennial is more of a Rubik's Cube. They have a multifaceted side. They're ever-changing, ever-evolving. So if that's your marketplace, then you have to focus your app development on that marketplace. But if, you're, if, you're, if your application is going to be geared towards more of the older demographics, you need to think in terms of how can I make this easy? How can I make it user-friendly? How can I get these people engaged? And, and that's a, a whole mission in and of itself. Yeah, because the, the fact is that so many um, people in the world now have smartphones, either the Android devices or primarily the iPhones, and I've just walked around and noticed, you know, everywhere I go that there's, there's no um, one of those generations that is dominating. You know, the fact is that iPhones are in the hands of baby boomers as much as they are in the hands of Generation X and, um, you know, the millennials. So it, it's it's up to us to think about, I guess, the app functionality and, and how to really apply that to the particular generations so tell us then, how did you get involved in this, in, in finding out about generations? What, what really sparked your interest in this whole field? Well, you know, sometimes transitional changes happen when we hit a low point, and I'm very transparent about some of the challenges that I've faced over the years. So in 2008, when my business disappeared and my marriage was starting to fall apart, I hit a very, very low point. I was facing financial adversity. I was facing a, a pending foreclosure on my house, a bankruptcy, and I hit a low point where I had some very dark thoughts, and I actually contemplated offing myself, and I got through that, and I thought, you know, it's time for me to stop feeling sorry for myself, Paul, and sometimes when we hit those low points, we have a tendency to have that, oh, woe is me mentality, 
So what has always been my inspiration has been my mother, who has since passed away, but she was a Holocaust survivor. She was in the concentration camp Auschwitz for three years. She was um, freed when the Americans actually came in and took down the gates of Auschwitz, and she went through hell. She watched her mother. She watched her sister walk into the gas chamber, and she has stories that we couldn't even imagine, and she came out of it a survivor. And so when I hit that low point and I asked myself, how much, how many more times can I pick myself up? I thought, you know, if my mom could live through that hell, then I can live through anything. Money, money can always be regarded. Relationships, you can always get another relationship. But we have to realize this life that we have is so precious. And as we get older, of course, there's more times behind us than there is ahead of us. So I started asking myself, what can I do to create a legacy to inspire other people who hit those low points, especially baby boomers, who if they're in the employment field, it's a very challenging field. It's not the world that I live in because I'm entrepreneurial, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of baby boomers who have a hard time getting a job and are feeling sorry for themselves. And the suicide rate, unfortunately, has been growing with men and with women over age 50 because they lose hope. So I thought, I need to do something. I need to find other people who have become a quote-unquote overnight success after 25 years of failing. And so I started researching the different generations, initially reaching out to baby boomers and then the millennials and then the Gen Xs. And I found some amazing stories of a lot of baby boomers who they appeared to be overnight successes, but in fact it took them several decades to get there. And also what I really was inspired by was the brilliance of the millennial generation because they are absolutely brilliant and their embracing of technology and social media gives them such a huge edge, Paul, such a huge edge. And the story I've shared before is that you could put two millennials together over a cup of coffee. They can be discussing a potential business opportunity or idea, and two years later they'll be able to create a multi-million dollar business that they can probably sell for multiple times of that. There's Instagrams all over the place. There's you know YouTubes all over the place of people who come up with these amazing ideas. But you put two boomers together, and we're talking about the things that we would like to do, but unfortunately so much of it incorporates technology and social media that we probably for the most part don't have the, the bandwidth and the comfortable level, comfortable level in order to be able to do it on our own. So the idea of creating a partnership with what I call the bookend generations, tapping into the brilliance of the baby excuse me, the brilliance of the millennials with the wisdom of the baby boomers. And so that's the direction that the book ended up taking, which was unforeseen when I actually started the process. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear you speak because uh, I was just thinking that uh, I always try and find solutions for potential problems and you know they're there's an app that I've started using recently um, because one of the things I want to pick up on is how do we dig ourselves out of a hole? You know, there's app developers listening to this right now. They've perhaps worked incredibly hard on a, a um, you know, maybe an app or part of a, a program. And, you know, it's been launched and it's failed. And, they, 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 you know, how do we pick ourselves up from those failures and carry on and, and move forward? And the apps are starting to come in and fill that gap now on on trying to help us move forward. I'm using a particular app called Everest, which is a goal-driven app that you put down your dreams and aspirations, and then you, you make steps, slow steps towards those. And I've put a load of dreams in there, and, and it's great to kind of just go back to an app that, um, you know, it, it forces us to think about these things. 
And so I was just thinking if there's like an app idea there on, on and how, you know, you personally dug yourself out of that hole and moved forward and with a, such a positive attitude. Well, you know, I've been blessed that I do have a positive attitude. And when I was younger, my optimism and my positive attitude were somewhat my undoing because I always had more faith in my abilities than I had knowledge. And so when I was in my 20s and in my 30s, I would get this harebrained idea of, of trying to do something. And I've had a lot of failures, and you know, none of them were tragic, but most of them cost me a lot of money and time. But you know, what was really lacking in my younger days was mentorship. And I'd always heard of the term, but I never really came across anyone that I considered a mentor. And understand something, in today's world, the the things that you have at your fingertips weren't available 30 years ago. Even taking the world of entrepreneurship, there's all kinds of groups, all kinds of masterminds, all kinds of meetups. There's there's many support organizations, and of course a lot of collegiate and and, and academic uh, studies, all involving the world of of entrepreneurship. Back in the 80s. The word, the word entrepreneur was not bandied around. You were self-employed. You were an independent contractor. You were a loose cannon. You were some wild child kid. And so the world of entrepreneurship was not as embraced. Back then, to be a Steve Jobs or a, a Bill Gates was considered to be an aberration. Today, we live in a different world, and the millennials understand that the likelihood of them getting a job and staying in a job until they retire is zero. It's less than zero. Whereas my generation, certainly my parents' generation, they were raised to get out of high school, go to college, get married. Sometimes you don't go to college and you get a job and you, you put your nose down and you work your ass off. And, you know, 40 years later, you retire with a, a gold a gold watch and, and a pension. Well, you know, that never worked for me. I was always very unsettled. And so for all the entrepreneurs that are listening, for all the app developers that have struggled and you have those things that you're working on and maybe you aren't getting the immediate success or maybe you're, you're challenged and you want to give up, I mean seriously, you have so much time to recover. And as long as you don't put yourself in harm's way by you know, putting everything on the line financially, this too shall pass. If the app that you're working on right now doesn't work – now, sometimes you just need to set it aside for a while or maybe you just need to kind of regroup or maybe you need to get some help from someone to get some direction on it. So the whole thing about perseverance and, and, and keeping going, it's an internal drive, Paul, and it's hard to teach someone how to do that. They either have that survivor mentality or they don't. And when you get the crap beat out of you a couple different times, you become more comfortable with failure. It's not that you accept it. It's not that you embrace it. But you realize that failure is part of the process. And so I always say fail early, fail often, and get beyond it and then move on. And you know, even the success that you, that you realize is not always permanent. You always have to be ready for you know, other opportunities because everything in life today, more especially today than ever before, is so transitional. The world just moves at a lightning speed compared to the way it did 30 years ago. That's great. Thank you for sharing that that wisdom on us because um, it's it's so close to my heart as well. Hearing you speak about um, you know openly failing, I think I've also been um, really one of those uh, people that try to hide their failures, a little bit worried about talking about uh, failing, and then you realise that actually when you you talk about it, it's 
nothing really bad happens. Uh, I, I kind of feel like it's a little bit like walking on a tightrope and you fall off the tightrope and, and you fail and you realize that that was only uh, two inches off the ground and you're still breathing and you're fine. So uh, let's move on to your other um, business because it's something close to my heart. This uh, business you're running, Vape Mentors, uh, I've created, a, uh, as you know, a couple of apps uh, that are in the vape market, uh, a vape directory and uh, a client's uh, vaping uh, app. Uh, how did you get into that space and how big is that growing? <laughs> it's growing exponentially. It's just unbelievable. And like a lot of people, I came across it by accident. Because I'm kind of geared by a higher power, I don't believe in accidents. I believe that everything is, 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 is providence and was meant to happen. But I walked past a vape store um, last summer, and I actually did a double take because I walked by, and then I actually went back, and I said, what the hell is a vape store? And so I went in, and it reminded me – it felt like I was stepping back into 1977. It reminded me of a head shop with all this real colorful paraphernalia and, and bottles of juice and everything. So I got a, a little introduction to being, and it just so happened that the owner of the store was there, and we talked about um, some of the challenges that he faced, and I told him I'm a writer for the local newspaper, which I was and I am, and I'm also a business consultant that helps businesses accelerate. But uh, to be honest, I didn't know Italy squat about vaping, and so he said he needed some help marketing. So I went and I researched, and I researched, and I researched, and I saw – how quickly the business had developed, how quickly the business had accelerated. I uh, went in, I met with his team about a week and a half later and talked about maybe doing some business together, but that has not quite come together yet. But I did not put all my eggs into that one basket. I started looking at other different businesses here and started calling other vape stores and said, you know, what are the pains, what are the challenges that you're facing, and, you know, what is it you would like to with? And so I started creating some relationships there. and. I was uh, offered the opportunity to speak at a large conference here in Southern California called Vapetoberfest, and it was the largest gathering of vapors on the West Coast. They had about 8,500 people, and uh, they were awesome to me. They, they gave me a, an ad inside of their directory, and I was able to pick up some contacts from there, and it happened very naturally. And, and you know, when I said earlier, sometimes you have to kind of let things unfold in a natural way. That's the way this business has unfolded, Paul, because everything has kind of happened one step or the other, and I, I don't stress on it. I don't worry about it, and I keep my eyes open for, for new, new business opportunities. And you know, I developed my first website for vape mentors, and it's the first one I've ever developed in WordPress. And it's certainly nothing fancy, but it does the job, and now I'm able to hire some people to give it the fine-tuning that it does. And maybe at some point in time I'll have an app. I'll have a vape mentors app. Not sure what it's going to do. Maybe you can tell me what exactly a Vape Mentors app would do. But, you know, there's several people. Be careful, Norm, because, uh, you know, literally, I think it was a few episodes ago, I was chatting with a consciousness coach, and we ended up doing a joint venture ah. together. And we've, we've got our um, joint app uh, coming out uh, in, a, in a week's time. So, oh, congratulations. Uh, yeah, these, these, uh, these conversations do end up uh, sometimes generating a joint venture. Well, you know, um, I'm going I'm to interrupt here for just a second because collaboration is the key in today's world. It used to be that everyone wanted to stay in their same sandbox and they were always very protective of everything 
but we absolutely today more than ever before in my life we live in a in a collaborative world and so when you have those conversations with two different people or three different or five people that have commonalities there is you know one plus one is not two one plus one is eleven so the fact that you join with that particular person and several other people aside from them that that's the state of the market and that's the direction we should be going and that's the direction that we are going so now, you're the first person I actually know of that developed an app uh, above and beyond just a directory. So uh, good for you to be able to see that there's a huge market. It's a, it's a $2 billion market just in the, in the U.S. Not sure what it is overseas, but it's uh, absolutely growing. It's not going away. It's very controversial. It's very contentious. And the reality of it is, is that as time goes on, uh, statistics will bear out that the, the cancer incidences will decrease as people get away from smoking and they actually start using e-cigarettes and vaping, which is a much, much, much healthier alternative. So, you know, it's it's something that is that is destined to happen. And even though governments might put up challenges, the people, the public, they are okay. They actually have a very, very high approval rate of, of, of vaping in public. And it's not nicotine that or, or tobacco that they're smelling. It's it's water vapor. So they're okay with it. But it's a matter of educating the public. Yeah, absolutely. And this particular app, I remember uh, developing a calculator on there which would calculate just how much you would save by vaping uh, rather than smoking cigarettes. And it was quite astronomical if you were in your 30s or 40s. You know, it would be up to $100,000 in some cases. Isn't that amazing? Uh, yeah, so there's the price uh, point that's really attractive for going into that market and also. Um, the health benefits as well uh, alongside. So um, to tell us about this launch that you just went to, um, you had a, an app directory launch. I'd, I'd love to know um, how they were marketing that app and you know what, what, what kind of the mechanics were behind that. Well, when I spoke over at this large event in Southern California called Vapetoberfest, I happened to meet some people who were still in beta test on a vape directory. And they're still working on it, and I'm still working with them about doing some cross-marketing and some cross-promotion. But there's several different apps. There's several different websites here in California where I am that they're putting together directories. But most people are marketing themselves by just reaching out and finding other vape stores. And the biggest problem has been – and here in the United States, there's an, a, there's a, a, an advocacy group called CASA, C-A-S-A-A. And it's basically a nonprofit trade organization that supports people's rights to smoke, um, you know, vaping products or electronic cigarettes. And they, there's no metrics. I'm putting together probably the closest thing to metrics and demographics because people always want to know how many vape stores are there in the United States. We can only guess. What does the average you know person look like as far as this is the first business venture? No one knows. So I'm taking it upon myself and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna own the label of vaping expert because no one else owns it and you know right now I'm as probably an expert as anybody can be, but I speak to people all over the United States and including all over the world about, you know, who is opening these stores and why they're opening these stores and what kind of what kind of business are they generating. And so the reality of it is is that a vaping directory is, is very much in need because people, when they're out on the road, when they're traveling, like you do a lot, you want to know where's the best spot to be able to stop in. 
but also I want to support people as they profit from this growing business. And so my niche is, is actually helping people open stores and, and grow the stores that they currently have. So the fact that you develop some apps in that space, again, I, I give you props for that, Paul, for, for realizing that there's a huge market void there. Yeah, one of the features of the app, again, it relates to the physical location of stores. And so what it can do is it determines your location and then it will show you on a map uh, the directory of stores around you uh, where you can actually purchase the product and then even get directions to get to that uh, store. So uh, I thought that would be quite a good feature for the app given that, uh, that, that these things are not generally available everywhere and that you do have to go hunting for them. And may I ask what geographical area your directory is specifically targeting? Is it UK? Well, it's the UK and the US. It's for one particular brand of e-cigarettes. Oh. Uh, but uh, what was interesting is that we tried to incorporate this into our directory and some of the the uh, owners of these e-cigarette f- firms, they uh, were quite happy for us to have this feature in our directory. Uh, so, I've, yeah, there's, there, I've got two apps. This one is, uh, uh, one of them is called Ideal e-cig. And it's uh, in combination with a, a reviewer of e-cigarettes. And you can actually determine where the location of um, the outlets are. But there were some suppliers who were adamantly not going to provide us with their locations because they don't want their competitors to know about where the suppliers were. Um, they didn't want their competitors to go knocking on the doors of um, the retail outlets and try to uh, pushing their cigarettes, their e-cigarettes. So it's a little bit uh, cat and mouse game at the moment because the industry is so new. But uh, yeah, I, th- it's a directory app that uh, enables you to get money off, uh, f- coup- use coupons to uh, get discounts from online purchases. That's awesome. You know, you're going to find that that mindset is going to is going to disappear. Right now, a lot of people are very protective of their candy and they don't like cooperating or even implying that they're cooperating with other people. And so, you know, what we're doing here in Southern California, we've created a model of stores called Blow Emporium, B L O Emporium. And we're looking to be the Starbucks of vape stores, which means that we are going to set a template and we're creating a template and we're going to be we're, we're shooting for having 80 to 100 stores open by the end of 2014, which no one has done. But we believe in collaboration. We believe that everyone should share. And if you know that you're getting your supplies from ABC, then tell everybody that ABC is a great supplier. I mean, don't be so damn protective because, you know, we live in a world of abundance, not of scarcity. And, you know, I'm trying to get people in this vape space to start getting outside of their selfish nature and realizing that we are all looking for the same thing. We all want to help people get off of nicotine, which is the most most damaging uh, addiction that there is. We want to help people be entrepreneurial, and we want to help people grow and open stores. And as far as as far as I'm concerned, there is no competition. You know, even with even with what I do, there's other consultants out there that might might work in in the vape space. But you know what? There's no other Norm Bauer that has my abilities. I write for Vape News Magazine, which is the trade magazine for the industry, and you know I speak at conferences. And you know, if other people want to specialize in this business, that's that's awesome. Like in your world of app developers, if you come up with an app that you think that there's other people that have a similar app, that's okay as long as you make it different enough. And that's the challenge that you have as an app developer 
is that how do you articulate your competitive position against other apps that many people on the outside do perceive as being the same? And once you're able to understand that, you're actually going to reverse engineer and build it from the ground up. And the Blow Emporium sounds like a fantastic idea. And, and that, again, it goes back to wouldn't it be great if uh, people around the area could uh, open up their native app on their iPhone or their Android device and then find where a Blow Emporium is? Because I'm assuming that in the U.S., it, is it legal or illegal to uh, smoke e-cigarettes inside a Starbucks or a, a, a shop? That's an awesome question. It depends on the area. That is that is not federally regulated. It's locally regulated. And if a city mandates that you can't smoke inside because they treat it as a tobacco product, then you can't. Generally outside you can, but some some cities are very militant about it and others haven't even touched it. So, you know, here in the US probably about ten percent of the cities, big, small and medium have some type of regulations about where you can and cannot smoke, but the vast majority of them haven't even gotten into it. And again, it's a very controversial area because I've met and I've spoken with a lot of mayors and city council people, and even though they privately think it's okay, they don't want to publicly say that because, again, they don't want to irritate the, the taxpayers and, and, and their voters. So they either take a very neutral stance or a negative stance. But what's going to change that, Paul, is the movement of the people. This is going to be a revolution of the people on the street, the people who say, you know, I'm old enough to vote, so I'm going to go ahead and, and vote for the politicians that are supporting you know, e-cigarettes and vaping. And so you're going to kind of see a grassroots movement in that direction. And I love conversations with non-app developers like yourself, Norm, because on the, the App Guide podcast, I've had many app developers and Ironically, I get more ideas from people outside the sphere of app development in terms of uh, ideas for apps. I'm already thinking that wouldn't it be great? I love sharing these ideas. I mean, I'm sure that people would jump on the idea of of creating a a vaping app. But wouldn't it be great to try to find a directory of of, uh, shops or um, coffee shops that are um, happy to have vapors and smoke inside? And then you could like build up that directory, and then you can uh, again have your phone as a GPS, and you can locate those stores. Uh, I think that would be great. That would be great. That's actually very smart because here's the thing: now you, as a directory, are separating yourself from the competition. This is a directory of vape-friendly locations, and you know once you know where those vape-friendly locations are, and you share it with your audience. You know that's a brilliant idea, Paul. And again, sometimes the differences between ordinary and distinctive is, is not that different. It's just a matter of that one percent that makes you know all of us people different. Yeah. So, <laughs> not that I want to carry on about this potential uh, app, but uh, I did actually build an app that uh, was uh, based in Atlanta, and it was locating the uh, filming. Um, locations of the walking dead and you could actually you could navigate to the exact locations where they did outside filming for the walking dead series and that sounds like um we could so here's the app name a vape friendly locator app or vape vape yeah yeah and uh, that would take about a week to get out i just need the database of uh, locations that for the friendly um, stores and then i guess you would have um 
you know, build up a movement of people using this app and then more and more stores would want to be involved because they know that it could potentially lead to uh, uh, more customers inside their shops. Absolutely. So. Great. Well, <laughs> moving on then. <laughs> uh, let's just finally touch on another part of your life, uh, which uh, was radio. And uh, you had your own or you were part of a radio station for many years. Tell us about that. Um, you know, like a lot of things, this happened by accident. I was a fan of a gentleman on the radio here in Southern California. He had a financial planning show, and they had a, a cruise, a local cruise here out of Southern California. It was, a, it, was a, it was basically a weekend cruise where you could go, and you could listen to other financial planning people, and I'd never been on a cruise, so my wife and myself, we went out there, and and sat in while they had the radio station. You know, they, they took all their remote, all the remote stuff with us. And this is back in 2001. So obviously, the gear they had to take with them was much larger, much more complicated than it is today. Today, everything is so portable. But as it turned out, I I, I ran into the the producer of the show, and he asked me where I live, and he says, "Well, that's a coincidence because we actually broadcast our show from a studio in that town." And he said, would you like to come over and, and sit on a show? And I said, absolutely. Now, I've never been a sports fan, Paul, but I've always been an entertainment junkie. So I love the world of television and, and radio and, and media and what have you. So I sat in on the show, and he and I became friends. And back in the early 2000s, a gentleman had a real estate show that was primarily on stocks and bonds. And the real estate market was really starting to pick up steam, and he was getting people asking him for information on real estate, and he really didn't know anything about it. So I was asked by my now friend, the producer of the show, would you like to do a, a weekly spot called the Mortgage Minute where you talk about the interest rates, what's happening in the in the housing market? And I took about half a second, and I said, hell yes, absolutely. So I actually had a minute on his show for about a year, and he said, you know, you just have – way too much content for a minute. Have you ever thought about doing your own show? And I said, I probably don't have enough content myself, but I have a good friend who can cover some of the things I'm not strong in. Again, going back to the power of collaboration, and we had a real estate and finance show. We talked about real estate and mortgages and taxes and estate planning and everything, and it was called the Norman Mike Show, and we we rented a location, and we, we installed our own studio with our own mixing board, and we actually went into vid video towards the end of it, and we got an ISDN high-speed line, and we actually beamed it directly into the Los Angeles radio station. And at one time, we were on about six different locations, and in 2008, it isn't monetized anymore because we weren't generating revenue. And it's interesting. Here's, here's an aside. I actually spoke at one of the very first podcasting conventions here in Southern California in 2005. And, yeah, and, and my, my topic was how to create a radio-quality podcast because in 2005, there was people getting involved in podcasting, but no one knew how to make any money out of it. And most of the podcasts were crap. They were basically just ego generators for people who wanted to, to talk and hope that they had an audience. Well, now, here it is you know, seven years later, the world of podcasting has radically changed, and there's a lot of podcasters, including yourself, who are monetizing your podcast and are getting advertisers and who are putting on high-quality, radio-quality shows and who are bringing on engaging and, and hopefully lively guests. So the world of podcasting has actually replaced radio 
radio, terrestrial radio stations are scared to death because they realize that, you know, not everyone listens to a car radio anymore. Now they've got all their mobile devices. So, I mean, I took a walk this morning and I was listening to a podcast on the way. and I wouldn't have done that if I had a radio. Which podcast were you listening to? That particular one is called Freakonomics, if you've ever heard of it. Right. I'll, I'll make a note of that one. It's really – it's very eclectic topics, and they're all over the board, and it's, it, it's, it's done by a PBS station, which it's, it's very, very high quality. But I've listened to several of your shows, and uh, another guy named John Dumas who has Entrepreneur on Fire. I was blessed to be on his show, and there's just amazing, amazing people out there like yourself who are giving – a, a platform for people like me to hopefully share, and I give you great credit, and I, I wish you all the success in the world as you not only grow your podcasting audience, but you grow your app development audience as well, and I think you're in a wonderful place. Well, Norm, I appreciate that, and uh, thank you very much for the very kind words of support there. I'm sure that uh, we're going to get a few more thousand listeners based on the, the fact that you've joined us now <laughs> as, as one of our primary guests. So, <laughs> uh, you know, how can people reach out to you, uh, connect with you, Norm? I'm sure that you've inspired a lot of people listening. They'd love to, to get in contact with you. Uh, what's the best way? Well, my website is Vape Mentors with an S. V-A-P-E-M-E-N-T-O-R-S, VapeMentors.com. My Twitter handle is at Norm Bauer, N-O-R-M-B-O-U-R. You can always email me, Norm at VapeMentors.com. You can Skype me, just my name, Norm Bauer. There's advantages to having a name that's very unusual because there's not a lot of people out there that spell their last name like I do. So I, you know, I'm really about supporting the world, Paul, and I love helping baby boomers as they deal with their recovery and their reinvention mode. I love helping the millennials if they're if they're challenged and they're looking for, you know, ways to kind of figure out how to move forward in the entrepreneurial direction. And not to exclude your generation, you poor Gen X is in the middle. Um, you know, I really just believe at this point in my life I'm going to be 60 in a couple months and. You know, really, what I want to do is I want to share all this so-called wisdom that I have and all the the hard lessons I've learned. And when we had the radio show, our whole model was teaching you to do more with the money you already have and to not make the mistakes that we've made and our other listeners have made as well. So, my position as an entrepreneur is I want to help all entrepreneurs become not only entrepreneurs in general but successful entrepreneurs specifically. And because that's the way the world is going, man. You know, we are driven by entrepreneurship. It's what's changing the world, and it will continue to change the world from now until who knows. It's all of our dream to have some impact in the world, and it's great that you've reinforced that fact. Norm, thank you very much. I just want to put it out to the audience to say, look, Norm's shared the his contact details. Um, get in touch. Go uh, to vapementors.com. Uh, all those notes are going to be on the website uh, onemob.com go to the podcast link and search for norm and norm it's just been a terrific conversation i could have gone on for a lot longer i'm gonna gonna say goodbye now and thank you very much for joining us on the app guy podcast Uh, you're welcome back at any time i'd love to hear how um, the blow emporium stuff goes and you know how your vape uh, mentoring program goes and and so perhaps we you know we can um, take a break and get you back on the show uh, when you've got some updates for us my door is always open paul and i wish you great success have a blessed day wonderful thanks very much
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy podcast goes out every Sunday and Thursdays.